One, two, three, four, five, let's go! from the plastic microphone studios deep in the heart of Cajun country. This is Faye Five for Fans. I'm your host, Jamie Ray, whether you like it or not, and I'd like to thank you for joining us. Our show today is celebrating Women's Equality Day, and it focuses on the strong maternal women in movies, or you might say our Faye Five Tough Mothers. So Women's Equality Day is celebrated in the United States on August 26th to commemorate the 1920 adoption of the 19th Amendment to the Constitution, which prohibits the states and the federal government from denying the right to vote to citizens of the United States based on their sex. It was celebrated first in 1971, designated by Congress in 1973, and is proclaimed each year by the United States president. And I promise you, that will be the only useful information you're going to get for this whole episode. <laughs> well, listen to that. I, I hear a tough mother <laughs> on the other end. <laughs> to that end, I've invited back to the Plastic Microphone Studios, one of the strongest mamas I know, y'all. She's the <laughs> author of Roost. She's a film critic, a TV commentator and now award-winning director of the fantastic horror comedy Obstacle Corpse, streaming on Amazon right now, the one and only fantastic, amazing Hope Madden. Welcome back to the show. Thank you so much, Jamie. I'm so excited to be back. I am so excited. And, and you're solo. I know. I know oh, my that. God. I know. know. George is... George is probably watching Flintstone episodes. I, <laughs> he probably is. <laughs> me and my 15 listeners get you all to ourselves, and we're so <laughs> excited for it. <laughs> so I know I threw a lot out there at the beginning. But so um, I guess first and foremost, tell um, tell us a little bit about, or a lot about, actually, Obstacle Corpse, because I've been following it from the beginning, but there are a few people that may not know yet. I know that you have your, your, I think our first backer, right? And you have the, the race bib zero zero one to prove it. I could be pole position. I don't know. That's right. (laughs) So thank you by the way for that. And we actually, we announced, I think we announced the crowdfund on your show um, back in the day. Back in the day. You've been with us since the very beginning and uh, yeah. And it's out now. Yeah. It's called obstacle corpse, which actually I have to give credit to the title. George came up with the title for it. Um, mm, that's why you keep and, him around. I got you. <laughs> it's a good diet. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's a story of uh, a young woman who, um, her sort of survivalist dad isn't very impressed with her skills. And so she decides that she's going to run this very, uh, difficult obstacle course to prove her mettle. And she drives her best friend Ezra along for company. He's not the obstacle course type. Uh, but what they find out when they get there is that one of the obstacles is to kill someone on the course. 
So well, they're essentially prey once they get there. And and is I know that that sounds like um, a scary. It's a comedy. It's very. It's it's a lot <laughs> of blood. Some, yes, <laughs> a lot of people die, but um, it's definitely I think primarily a comedy. And I I I I, I always give away too much, so I'm not going to say much at all about it except that i did laugh in a lot of spots it i hate comparing your work to somebody else's work but you know like um (laughs) it it had a very good balance of i can't even curse on my own show oh poop oh poop oh poop and then (laughs) and then move back on so I just wanted to say, bravo, you know, there's a there's a reason that you're getting all of the accolades because you deserve it. Thank you. We really were. I think the thing I was most concerned about was getting the tone right, because um, I've never directed any. I've, I've directed a number of short films, but this is by far the biggest thing I've ever tried to do. And um, and what we were sort of going for was a cross between Battle Royale and Caddyshack. Um, and I think we hit that. And one of the other things though, too, is that so much of it takes place in the woods, but I did not want it to look like, like a foreboding, creepy woods. I wanted it to look like, you know, actually like midsummer. That was the visual that we were going for. Like, just this place is so beautiful. Nothing bad could ever happen. Something like that. And, um, my, my DP Brooklyn Ewing, I think she, just killed it, you know, like I'm so, ah. she was like just such a goddess on the set. But yeah, I yeah. think that she, she did a really great, great, great job filming it. So I'm really grateful to everybody. I did really get the feeling that the woods were like any woods, if that makes mm. any sense. I, I grew up at, up above Alexandria here in Louisiana uh, in what we call redneck country. And we have woods like that all over the place. So I didn't get that evil dead forest look to it so that's what you were going for you you hit it on the nail good 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 so and and also if you're on amazon streaming this uh, you can think you can rent it there or purchase it there Mm -hmm. i know you can rent it you can rent or buy yep and it's also on voodoo you could uh who do the voodoo that's right okay um you can also purchase your book roost yeah yes or and i just found this out today you can also purchase the audio book by that silver-tongued baritone himself. That's right. George reads it. How awesome. Yeah. I know. It's I know. It's kind of a yeah. It's, it's like an ace in the hole when you when you write a book <laughs> and you know that the audiobook George is gonna do. It's like <laughs> that is pretty awesome. And this is a kind of a cool uh the book too. It's about again, not to give too much away, tell me if I need to stop, but about two of some twins that are born yeah. and every few years their birthday falls on easter and when that happens there are some people will go missing or strange things happen and whatnot and it's kind of it's kind of one of these i don't want to say children of the corn-esque towns but it is surrounded by by all cornfields yes it is it is um yeah and uh and it's it's funny it's a funny story because um and they're twin girls and they're named hope and joy um i am a twin and my sister's name is joy and the I didn't realize it was Joy, but I knew that y'all were twins. So when I saw that, I was like, oh, I know what she's doing there. <laughs> she, yeah. Um, she wasn't thrilled that I continued with <laughs> our names, but the names fit the, mm-hmm. the tone of the story really well. So I did. Um, 
uh, and and you know the town itself is sort of gripped with like satanic panic. There's a it's a small town sheriff and kind of blames everything on you know covens and Satanism. And when that happens, crimes don't ever really get solved. Well, yeah. And, and you know, terrible people kind of can figure out how they can get away with doing horrible things as long as they don't seem like the outsider type. And and it's actually very much like the town I grew up in. Um, the um, I don't I don't know if you remember the case of the West Memphis Three, the three young boys who were um, they were convicted. There have been like three documentaries about them. They were convicted yeah. in high school of having murdered a couple of children on circumstantial evidence, and the uh, testimony of uh, expert witness for the prosecution. That is my hometown sheriff, Dale Griffiths. Was no way. Yeah, he was that guy. And of wow. course, they didn't do it. it was of course the stepfather who did it. Yep. And these three high school kids spent, you know, twenty years in prison for nothing. It's and uh, and it was and it was you know I remember that case so vividly because it was like every nightmare of my youth, just like that. You could be your whole life ruined and railroaded and, and, you know, because essentially the sort of authority figures in your hometown thought of you as an outsider and an outcast and just wanted to sort of shuffle you away. So that had a big effect on me as a kid. um, Uh, I was fixing to say (laughs) hearing that story. I'm like, uh, okay, this makes sense to me. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. It's, it's, it's cool. We're the things in our life that help, uh, you know, mold us and put us down into a certain you know i kind of feel bad for generations coming up now that won't know what it was like to leave your house at like eight o'clock in the morning and not come back until the the street lights came on and, and that your parents were worried about you where you were yeah yeah they didn't they didn't know or i mean i don't want to say they didn't care but they didn't care they weren't worried about mm-hmm. you you were no. out with three or four people and maybe you were robbing a liquor store or maybe you right. were riding in the woods jumping dirt hills yep you yep. know That's so exactly yeah right. they'll never know that now you know um, but anyway, well, it's a great book. It's a great movie. Thank so I, I just, if you get 15 people renting next week, I'm just saying <laughs> right here, right here, especially one of them from Romania. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I had someone uh, that streamed it from Germany the other day. Nice. Yeah. I was like, ah, sprechen Sie Deutsch. <laughs> and that's about all I remember from high school. But uh, anyway, so. Okay, so we have done this three times now, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. So I had you guys on to do Faith Five Killer Towns, which mm-hmm. was so much fun. It was stroked my ego so much. I mean, I'm just oh, whew. and we did uh, Faith Five Villains, but not really villains, which I loved. You know your stuff, and then I get to come on with George, and we got to talk about Evil Knievel and motorcycles in horror. That's right. Yes, that's right. That was our show. I was. Yes, that was your show. That was our show. We did. That's right. We did motorcycles and horror. That's right. Very (laughs) excited. So, so now, um, this idea comes from me trying to get, uh, my my poop together for. to try to do a better job. And so I sat down and I looked at a calendar and I said, okay, what are all of the things that are kind of coming out for the rest of the year? And I'm holding it up to y'all who aren't seeing us on video because there's no video. (laughs) And I said, women's equality day. And I thought, you know, there's a lot of badass guys out there in the movies, you know, and there's, there's, there's a lot of final girls, you know, well, it's really easy in a way to, to save yourself from the bad guy. 
but what about when you're saving other people? And I thought this would be a good idea. And I just love the name tough mothers. And so <laughs> I got, I, I got to confess time. So the first person I thought of was you, um, but every, I, I see your feed and you're like going over here and you're doing your show and you're going over here and doing, you know, the movie. And I was like, I can't bother her because she's <laughs> doing so much. So I put something on Facebook to see and oh my God, I think I'd <laughs> angered the goddess because she was like right here, right here. That's so funny. Cause I had this, I had this in my head. I'm like, don't bother him. Like he doesn't need to go on his show again, but I oh thought my gosh. he's so fun. So I just <laughs> like, like put my hand up me. Yes. <laughs> and you know, there's, there's some other, there's some other girl, people out there, uh, uh, Jenny, Jen dreadful, you know, she and I are going to yes. do a, another show instead. Oh um, yeah. She's but, a badass you know, mother. Oh my gosh. We're going to do, um, trauma characters. So oh, perfect. Yes. Perfect. So that's going to be a lot of fun. So, so we decided we're going to do this and like I do in most of my shows, well, you know, pretty much all of them, I let you make your list of five favorites and you can have some honorable mentions. Now you're pretty good. You, you color inside the lines. So <laughs> you, sometimes you may have three, maybe even four, but I'm thinking you don't have 16 this time. No, I do yes. not. <laughs> <laughs> so it, why don't we just go ahead? If you're ready, you, you've got some honorable mentions. Mm -hmm. um, we'll start with you like we do. And okay. you give me your honorable mentions and let's see where we match up. Okay. All right. Um, I have one. Um, uh, so, because I, I don't, I think she's an incredible mother and that's the purpose of the film. And, but I don't think she entirely fits the bill for what we're doing. So um, the Babadook. Essie Davis, who, by the way, I mean, Essie Davis is just magnificent in this film. I, you know, horror doesn't get enough credit, but I would have loved to see her nominated for an Oscar for this movie because what an amazing performance, you know. And the, you know, the whole sort of par purpose of the film is for us to watch her get past this horror in her life and come out the other side. So, you know, the the idea of it is, is she a good mom? Can she continue to be a good mom? Or is she going to murder her son? So in that way, it didn't entirely fit the because it was really 50-50 for a while. That's a great honorable, though, because, you know, I would have strangled the kid. I'm just saying, I actually happened to see that scene where he's yelling, get out in the car. And I'm like, oh, yeah, he'd be dead. I know. I think, you know what, that's a that's a, a really ingenious moment in the film, because in a in a film where the mother is playing somebody who is essentially abandoning her child, just cannot bear to be with her child, automatically the audience is going to judge her. And so they gave us that one scene for us to empathize and go, no, no, I'd have tossed him out of the car. I'd have just killed him. I'd have run him over. And, uh, and I think that that was an important moment in that film so that we didn't abandon her completely. Right. We stuck it out with her and then, you know, she made it worthwhile. Yeah. 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 It's, and this is one of those movies that when I'm asked to to name a movie that everybody loves and I'm just meh, that's, I, that's how I am about the Babadook. I, I just, yeah. I know. Uh, but the, the kid as, as great as she is, the kid, the way he rolls his eyes and the screaming and the just the veins popping out. I was like, oh, my God, I want to kill him. And that makes him for a great actor. 
because he oh, yeah. seems like it's a really sweet kid. Yeah, it's yeah. Mm, man. Okay, that's a good one. Good start. Good strong. And and my other one is another one where I you know I think of her immediately when I think of of moms, particularly moms in horror films. Um, but she uh, and I don't want to give away a spoiler, but she fails. Um, so, uh, okay. but she tries really hard. Sometimes that's all that matters. Uh, it's Jennifer Lawrence and, and Darren Aronofsky's mother exclamation point, um, <laughs> which is a really polarizing movie. I think at least half the people who saw it just flat out hated it. Yeah. Um, and I thought it was the most, the most uncomfortable film I had seen in, in maybe my whole adult life, like the entire Ooh. movie. I was just like, you know, she said, don't sit on that table. Why are you sitting on that table? The whole movie, I was just clenched and like, um, and, and, uh, and then it just goes and goes and goes and you're like, what's going to happen. And the worst imaginable thing, like, and I have a vivid imagination, the worst yeah. imaginable thing is what winds up happening. And at the end of the movie, you're like, I can't even believe that this is a movie. <laughs> but Jennifer Lawrence, I think, I mean, she's very talented, of course. She does an amazing yes. job in this movie of just being us. Like, what in the hell is going on here? Um, and Javier Bardem, of course, is also great. And then, you know, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer is not it. And she's great. I mean, it's just... Most people really hate it and can't sit through it. So it's not like a movie that I recommend very often, but <laughs> I always find it bold, if nothing else. Bold. I like that. See, The Road is like that for me. Mm. Incredible movie, but I will not tell anybody to watch that movie. Oh, no. That's, yeah, that's a tough one to recommend. <laughs> Ooh, oh, that is a tough one. Well, that's a, that's a great choice. Haven't seen it, but I do know every time I say mother, there is an exclamation point behind it. So I'm <laughs> right there. <laughs> I'll have to put that on my list. Um, okay, well, I have two of them. One of them is 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 an obvious choice. Okay, uh, she is a super mom. She loves her kid. She's she fights for her kid. I'm talking about Miss Pamela Voorhees from the Friday the Thirteenth. Okay, so we're not really talking about the actresses a lot, but you gotta if you don't know this. Betsy Palmer, who was an established actress, they asked her to be in this film, <laughs> and she needed a new car. So she was like, sure, I'll take the role. Nobody's going to watch this movie anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and and this, what she's most known for. Yes, exactly. You know, and, and the whole thing, I love that when you talk about Friday the 13th and horror movies, you, you can really tell who's a, a real horror fan versus just a purveyor of movies when you say who was the killer in Friday the 13th. And they go, oh, that was Jason. Yeah, no, thanks for playing. Let's move on. Uh, <laughs> but she was always there for Jason uh, till the very end when she just lost her head about it. And <laughs> they had to move on. So that is my first honorable mention. And my second one, okay, I've got a little story about this one. Because it was actually, when I came up with this, I was like, this is going to be my number one right off. Because I remembered it kind of a different way. So I put it on number one, and then I recently went back and rewatched the movie. And I was like, no, she can't be number one. She's got to be on the list, but she can't be number one. And I'm talking about Mary Sandon from the original The Purge movie. 
Okay. okay. Now, yeah. why do I choose her? Okay, so she wasn't. She doesn't know how to work guns. She didn't, you know, she she got tickled almost to death by someone, but she was a very protective mother when stuff started to go down. And at the same time, she kept that motherly feel about her when she brought in the piggy from outside and was mm-hmm. like, we have to help him. We have to protect him. And then when he was willing to give up his life. And the husband was like, yeah, you're right. You know, it just goes to show that she was the smart, motherly person for whoever wasn't even in our family. And not to spoil the ending, if you haven't seen this movie, it's 20-something years old. But when everything gets settled down and as they're they're waiting for the, the 7 o'clock bells to chime and she's sitting at the table <laughs> and Grace tries to grab the shotgun and she just grabs her from the back of the head and slams her onto the gra- glass table breaks her nose we will have peace (laughs) i was just okay (laughs) so you know lena headley uh played in this and she did i thought a fantastic job didn't look at all like she does in most of the other movies i mean she had this black bob and you know she's she's very hoity-toity yeah but she's so good in this so good in this so that's my other honorable mention mary sanded and so now you're going to be surprised. I have a new number one, but we're not going to get to that for a while because you're going to give me your number five. Well, my number five is, uh, is um, Mrs. Voorhees actually. Yes. <laughs> yep. Um, you know, cause you're right. She, she does everything she does is for her son. And, you know, I'm not saying she makes a lot of good choices, no, but no. she her heart's in the right place. <laughs> And it's funny that you say that about uh, people uh, who who think that it's it's all Jason. Sometimes, I mean, I think I live in a cocoon. <laughs> like everybody <laughs> I know is they're all massive horror fans, and so a lot of times I just sort of make guesses that people know things that they don't. Mm-hmm. And we showed Friday the Thirteenth at our Fright Club Live. I so know. And it's it's not the kind of film we usually show because usually we show sort of obscure films, but it was Friday the thirteenth. That's right. the day that it was. And the the Gateway Film Center, which is where we have our series, had a 35 millimeter print of it. Um wow. so we were like, okay, yes. And um, and we got a crowd that we don't usually get. Like we got a lot of people came who had had not aren't like our regulars and had mm-hmm. ton of very young people there, like really? teenagers, really young people. And they'd all come because a ton of them had never, ever seen this movie, which I thought, how is that even possible? Yeah. Um, and so at the end of the show, we always have people talk, come down and talk to us like they want to. I can't tell you how many of them, like, couldn't believe Jason wasn't in this movie. Like they wow. had, they were waiting for the hockey mask the whole time. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, Oh my God, that's several films off. Yeah. 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 You got to wait a while. And the, <laughs> what is that? Third and movie. Then, I think near the end of the third, third movie. movie. It's, it's mm-hmm. the third one. And uh, thank God for Corey at one point to remind him how many there are in the series. And I said that there are 12 and I heard there was an audible groan. Nobody yeah. knew that. I'm like, well, what? You need Holy to come crap. back for it because yeah. you need education, folks. <laughs> Your parents didn't raise you right. <laughs> right. <laughs> now, you know, so when I sat Lily down and we watched the first Friday the 13th, when it was over, I made her watch the first like 15 minutes of Friday the of 13th two. part two. Because, I mean, you've got to. It, it just it, it encapsulates everything and kind of puts it together. Um, I love it's a great those- sequel. 
It is. Oh my gosh. It is so good. And just Amy smart. Man, she's something else. Wow. So ma'am, you have some great taste, you know, you're the, you're the whole package, (laughs) you're the whole package. Now you are a tough mother yourself, right? (laughs) You, you have, I know you have the one son. Uh, Yep. That's it. That's it. Okay. Okay. That's it. Yeah. And, and And uh, um, Carpathian Prince, right? Say it again. He's a Carpathian prince, right? <laughs> he's a he's a mad chef, is what he is. Oh, um, uh, he's in, he's he's one of the leads in our film. So yeah. if you if you have seen it and you wonder about the um, the insane chef who kills people while he sings Christmas carols, that's my son. Um, <laughs> Mama's so proud. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, I guess I will give you my number five then, since our, we matched already, which I love. Mine is a woman who you start out not really sympathizing for because you kind of find out that she has been having an affair with her ex-boyfriend from high school and her husband finds out. But Donna Trenton does not worry about that until she meets up with Cujo. I watched this movie again just recently and I forgot how painful it is when they are in the car and the sweltering heat, don't even worry about the dog because the dog's not at that point. The dog's not getting in. Okay. It's, they can't get out and it must be like what it feels to be stranded in, at the, at sea. Yeah. And everything is, you know, there's nothing, nothing you can do, nothing that you can change it. And all she focuses on is, is Tad and, you know, as things get worse and worse and they both start to dehydrate and the heat stroke and she realizes there's only one way that they're going to live and she's got to defeat Cujo. And here's a woman who gives, I mean, she gives her all. And that last couple of minutes where she makes it into the house and you pretty much think he's dead and she's just, I mean, D Wallace is amazing. And I've told her in person, I mean, that scene just, I mean, Oh, as a, as a dad, you know, it it has so many more layers to it. And then Cujo comes, but there is a lesson for this movie. And that is double tap, always double tap. She thinks she has him killed. And she has the gun in her hand. And that, that's the first thing I thought of when I saw that scene. And she walked away. I was like, no, put one in his brain. Right. You know, have you not watched right. Zombieland? It's, exactly. you know, it's a rule. It's a good uh, rule. Yeah, it's a good rule. <laughs> so that's that's going to be my number five. I think she definitely was a tough mother. She was able to survive and to keep her child uh, alive. And then it's all better. Now, she'll probably get a new car, too. So <laughs> Betty Palmer could maybe give her a ride. Yeah, you know, that nice cheap hearse. <laughs> that is still one of the, the the most interesting scenes where you're only seeing it from the POV in the in the Jeep where okay, here we are back to Friday the 13th. We could do a whole right, show right. on Friday the 13th. Oh, anyway. So instead of a whole episode about Friday the 13th, let's hear your number four. Uh, my number four, uh, I'm always so happy when I get to talk about a John Waters movie, actually. And it's uh, it's uh, Kathleen Turner in Serial Mom. Mom, yes. Oh, my God. I've not seen that movie since, like, the, the early 90s. 
Yeah, I love I, I mean, I love everything John Waters does. I I'm such a massive fan of his. And then it was just such a funny thing when this movie came out to be like, is that Kathleen Turner? Is <laughs> Kathleen Turner in a John Waters movie? And then is Kathleen Turner saying all those things? Oh, my God. You know, and of course, her, her kids, uh, you know, Ricky Lake and Matthew Lillard, which is perfect. I mean, perfect. they're just best. And then, you know, they always hang out in this video store. And the thing is, you know, she's she's just just merrily murdering people all over town. And the kids kind of know it's her and her husband <laughs> kind of knows it's her. And they're it's like, mom. they don't want to get her in trouble. But at the same time, they, they kind of want her to stop murdering people. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> she murders the one guy because he doesn't rewind his videotapes. Oh, well, he deserved, he deserved it. And then meantime, she's the, she's the crank caller. She's like calling her neighbor who doesn't recycle and saying horrible, awful things <laughs> phone and then you just think who doesn't know that's kathleen turner's voice okay i'm writing that one down because i gotta go back and rewatch it i forgot oh. i've forgotten it's even a john waters movie oh yeah oh i mean crybaby so and fun. hairspray and and all the others but mm-hmm. oh my gosh that's so true yeah wow wow that's a good one look at you Thanks. no match there awesome okay so my number four you're probably going to be surprised it's not further up on my list. Um, but one of the reasons it's not is because of the series itself is so convoluted. But I am talking about Laurie Strode from the Halloween series. Now, as as a mother, she has kids in the other films. But in the first one, she is that motherly figure. Mm-hmm to the to the kids Mm -hmm. and she does everything to protect them Mm -hmm. through the movie okay so right out right from the very first movie she is a tough mother so then you go to the second movie and you find out okay and uh, come on people this is halloween if you don't know already i'm sorry but you find out that that's the michael's her brother uh okay then you jump to halloween four and she has a daughter uh jamie lloyd and then that goes on for a little while until they do Halloween H2O. And now she doesn't have a daughter anymore. She has a teenage son, which was Josh Hartnett, which I didn't remember and blew my mind when I oh, when I saw character. that. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's so bad. It's, <laughs> it's like, okay, let's take this haircut and go do faculty with it. But (laughs) and and then it's just one thing after another where okay, so which continuity I actually found online, I think it was on Wikipedia, the chart that that follows out all of the different movies and how they break out and what their sequels to and and everything. And then we get the 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 trilogy at the end, right, where she is truly a tough mother and she protects her daughter and her granddaughter and she protects her own sanity and saves herself as she saves them. Mm-hmm. And I just, I just, I thought she was great, but I, I have to throw a little shade on how confusing it is and how many different times she was a mother to different kids. So for sure, yeah. roast me if you want to, but yeah. that's my number four. Yeah. No, I no, I think that that makes great sense. The it's and people always give Texas Chainsaw Massacre a hard time because the the sequels don't follow like a natural timeline. And I'm not going to get all super nerdy on you, though. You know, I could. I but it makes me uh, clamped when you do, though. 
<laughs> but yeah, the 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 Halloween trajectories are very funny because I remember, you know, the third one was supposed to be like a one-off. And of course, Michael Myers is not in it, but then four and five made so much money, and then six, which was terrible, but it did bring them all back together and it included three because mm-hmm. there's a Sam Hain thing going on, and you're like, oh, <laughs> they did. And then nobody saw it, even though Paul Rudd was in it. And then they just started over. And you're yeah. like, hold the phone. And then, of course, they just started over again because wisely, you know, when when they they did the most recent trilogy, they're just like, we're just going to take us back to the first one. Yes. Like, we're going to pretend the rest didn't happen. And now we know why. You and I do, Jamie. It's because they got very weird with their timeline. (laughs) They did. I will make you very happy right now, though. I am currently three quarters of the way in watching Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the sequel to the original. (laughs) Okay. And I am really enjoying it. Well, uh, yeah, no, no, the like the newest one where it brings back okay. the one I think it's on Hulu, maybe where it's got the girl who survives from the first movie. It's a direct sequel to that one. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Okay. And so they they like bought the town, the bunch yep. of hipsters. Yep. So that's the one I'm watching right okay. now. And I was like, that's a great idea because a, two and three are fun. But they they just have such a different feel than the first one does, and oh, and I'm yeah. I'm, t- I'm tiptoeing around here because I don't want to. I know that's your love right there. That is my love. Yeah, <laughs> but I, yeah. I'm really digging this direct sequel. <laughs> I got my I got my Leatherface Funko. I got a whole Leatherface corner actually. Oh, so. <laughs> okay, cool. That's the true love of your life. George, sorry, you're going to come in second, buddy. I also have a John Taylor Funko. Um, oh, do you? Because we know you loved. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Even though Andy's more talented. <laughs> you know, Andy's got a new solo album coming out. No, really? Andy Taylor does. And the entire band contributes. So a one song on the new solo album, I'm told, I think it's supposed to come out in September. All The whole Duran Duran, they're all on it. Well, Kiss me sideways and take it easy. <laughs> there are four people who are going to get that joke. Four people, and you're one of them. <laughs> so why don't you turn around and give me your number? Who oh knows those trace? Three. Yeah, my number three. She also is not properly the mother in this film uh, and it's a sequel and in the first film um um she's really just a straight up hero of the movie and in the second one they give her a little bit more i think depth to her character by introducing this concept of like her maternal nature and this is aliens yeah um so newt newt without the mom in ripley <laughs> Um, that movie scared the crap out of the actress so much she never acted again. Right? <laughs> she was so great, though. She was. She was. Yeah. So what was the motherly feeling that you got out of her that brought her onto this list for you? Well, I mean, um, I think that, I think that you know, that's her whole, that's, that is Ripley's arc in this film is that, you know, she, she sort of stops being, uh, part she just becomes the the mother figure and and they parallel it james cameron parallels it with the other mother figure which we didn't see in the first film and that's the queen yes you know and then of course they come to blows when we when 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 ripley saves newt 
in like the queen's den and we see when she's pumping out egg after egg mm-hmm. and then she realizes that Ripley is there and then Ripley's got the little gun that's you know it's such a great scene there's no there's no dialogue she just Ripley looks looks at the queen looks at the eggs shows what the gun will do the queen calls off the others they back up and then there's that last minute like yeah. and then she just cracks her neck and sets them all on fire oh my god genius what a brilliant piece of cinema it that is really well that's not even that's not even talking about later on in the ship you know with one of the greatest lines in, in all cinema you know yeah um so okay well that brings up a very good question for me so i'm sure you're aware in one of the uncut versions you find out that ripley actually had a daughter yeah and she died while she was in hibernation and that was left out from what you and i saw at the theaters yeah I think that was a brilliant move to leave that out. I do too. Yeah. I I think that would have been uh, unnecessary cheating. Yeah. And I, and I think that, you know, you don't, you know, there are a lot of times where somebody takes on a parental sort of figure in a film because there is a child who needs saving, you know, and like the last of us, right. That's the whole dynamic there. I mean, Pedro Pascal, I think that's all he does for a living. He just plays the surrogate dad. Who's going <laughs> to save some child figure from some horrible disaster. Um, uh, you and know, he does it quite I well. <laughs> I don't think you need a backstory to sell it. I mean, I think it just makes sense. She was going to step in and this was going to give her, you know, the strength to overcome this a second time when she didn't want to come out here and she didn't want to do this. And now I think it's because of Newt that really was what gave her the strength to get through it again. So let's not talk about the third one. Yeah, yeah, let's not. (laughs) I will say uh, that the queen was actually on my short list because, yeah, Yeah. for because taking out the, 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 the good and the evil out of it, Mm -hmm. she was a tough mother. She, I mean, she came down and just took this place over for her family and was raising her family and providing for her family. I mean, she was, she was a bad, yeah, she watch was. your mouth, chap. That's right. So, I, but it, but it ultimately I was like, yeah, no, I, I can't put her on the list. And I actually didn't put either of them on my short list because I kind of thought you would So look <laughs> at me getting it all right. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, let's go to my number three then, and I'll give you two words. Okay. Satakana. <laughs> nice. Yes. Yes. I, thank no, you. I appreciate that. Yeah, she's she is badass. Am I? Am I allowed to curse on your show? <laughs> you are because I have a moo button, but actually because ass is in the Bible. No, never mind. Okay. Just say whatever you want, girl. You drop an f bomb if you want. I don't care. Say fudge. It's cool. <laughs> Now, I will say to the people who are screaming at the streaming service or whatever that they're using right now, yes, Sarah Connor's timeline is also convoluted. Oh, yeah. But having said that, it's always John John Connor. Mm -hmm. It's always in every movie, no matter what happens, whether it be the second one when he's supposed to be, what, 10 years old? (laughs) I don't know. And... Or, or later on in the movies where he's a he's a grown adult or when he dies in on a beach and she it changes her entire life she's always john's mother and she's always doing everything for him or in his name and 
you you couldn't i mean she was such a badass not only in the first one but also in the last one i mean oh my god this woman is just she was amazing she owned the screen i don't even know how old she was at that point but that girl was ripped yeah well in the second one you know her and naturally, I mean, it's it's a great progression of that character. But in the second film, she's so different than she is in the first film. You know, in the first film, she's just like an innocent with a terrible haircut, by the way. And then in the second one, you know, in the first time you show her and she's doing these chin ups on the seat, uh-huh. not her red to a side so she can do. She was she was just so ripped. And you're like, dude, she's kicking somebody's ass. <laughs> but I, you know, I'm one of the I really enjoyed the most recent Terminator. I did, too. I enjoyed she came back. all of them. And, you know, she's and she's just yeah, she's just effortlessly in control. But also the fact that Schwarzenegger's character was so funny. He was so yes. funny talking about polka dotted curtains. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, yeah, I really enjoyed that last one. I did, too. I really enjoyed Genesis. And I know a lot of people crap on it, but I feel like, hey, you know what? If you're going to take a movie and you're going to turn it on its edge, on its ear and make it something else that's what they did and i i loved it you know and right away you can see when when uh she comes on and she's looks totally it's not even the same person you know it's another sarah connor i was like oh i'm, I'm down i'm gonna sit here and strap in and enjoy the ride i'm so, down to clown yeah exactly i have a very low bar i'm just saying but uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah good films good films so I'm very interested to find out what your second favorite, your penultimate tough mother is. And I'm dying. Just give it to me. Give it to me. So uh, in 2009, Bong Joon-ho made a movie called Mother. No exclamation point. Oh. Um, and it's a, a masterpiece, as his films tend to be. And it's uh, it's about a woman whose son, uh, who is an, is a grown man, but is has some um, some cognitive disabilities, and he's he's been accused of murdering this um, girl, and so he gets arrested, and she spends she doesn't have they don't have any money, and she spends the rest of the film you know doggedly trying to find who really did it so that she can convince and get her son out of jail. And then it's just this fascinating character study of this, of this woman whose, you know, life has been um, not pleasantly changed, altered by having this son in the first place. Like, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's a very beautifully complicated story and, uh, and it does not turn out the way you think it's going to turn out. And it's, uh, it's gorgeously filmed and the performances are magnificent and it's um so that's my number 2 so i'm not familiar but from the the characters names and the director's name they're from alabama <laughs> yeah. i i i just they i've never not. seen it so yeah okay uh, so bong Joon ho though so you know who did the host uh yes. he did parasite um uh he did snowpiercer um, I'm trying to think. Of, there's got a uh, memory of murder. Um, he's done uh, so many things, and this is one I think that that uh, flies under the radar for a lot of people. A lot of people have missed it. So I've missed it. Good. Now the host is the one with the big, uh, yes, Jigu. Uh, not Jigu. Yep. What are they called? Uh, the big Kuj- monsters. Uh, Kaiju. I almost said Kaiju. Kuj- there you go. Kuj- Kaiju. Kuj- <laughs> 
I actually love that movie. And it confuses me now when other people talk, Oh, did you see host? It's so good. And I'm like, yeah, I saw that movie like years ago. No, no, no. The new one. God, it's so confusing. Name call, call it another host or let us be your host or something. I I, I don't know. But, yeah. Anyway. I'm the same way. There was actually, there was one a few years ago called the host with like, um, it was like a YA novel that they adapted with Shersha Ronan. It was like oh, a yeah. teen sci-fi movie. And I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> Yeah, when people say, have you seen Parasite? I'm like, oh my God, I love that movie. Debbie Moore is amazing. I mean, it's great. You know, <laughs> Charles Band rocks. I love that you know that. They're like, what? What? No, never uh, mind. Uh, uh, <sighs> well, anyway. All right. So I'm going to have to counter that with my penultimate, but I want to do it quietly. I'll lean in. I'm talking about Evelyn Abbott from A Quiet Place. That's my mom right there. I, oh, there's, I, okay, let me get some words together here because (laughs) I don't have them. She is so amazing in this movie. Everything about this movie is amazing. The guy, the first one, the second one's very good too. But in the first one, um, we've got to talk about the nail on the stairs. The fact that she has lost so much. And she has a new child coming in and you've got the death angels that are literally hanging on for any word, any sound. And not only does she step on that nail, but she gives birth with not a sound. I mean, that's a tough mother. Yeah, she is tough. You know, I, oh, and then the second movie, she just goes on to show that now she's doing it without the husband. Mm-hmm. who say whatever patriarchal things that you want to say he was out there making the the stuff and protecting them and she was taking care of the kids and providing for them and everything and then now she's got to do all of that on her own and be a part of saving the world mm-hmm. which she does a fantastic job i really am one of the people who are hoping that they have a third in the trilogy and we get to see kind of what how how it sums up because i i hate when they're they're just left to our well, i shouldn't say hate because sometimes i really like it but i would really love to see the summation of this storyline well rumor has it but but the rumor is that it's going to be a prequel it's going to be the day they arrive see I loved the fact that they showed the day that they arrived in flashbacks. Yeah, I did too. That was so great. It was such a great opening to the second it film. Because you're like, what, wait, what the hell's going on? Where, you know, why is everybody, what's going on? I, I don't, ah, uh, that kind of dismays me a little bit. Mm-hmm. I would, I would, I would be happy if they did a lot more of it, but they also finished it up too. I, I, I don't know. But no matter what you say, she is a badass. Reagan yes. is a badass. And the unnamed infant will grow up to be a badass, which I had no idea. I didn't, I didn't even think about it in the movie. They don't give the kid a name. They you don't. never hear him talking about it. So crazy. So crazy. But anyway. All right. So we're now at our number ones. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I just want to ask you, what um, what decade is your tough mother from? The 80s. Ooh. Okay. Well, that's mine's from the 80s too. 
So it would be, I'm, I'm okay. Let's see. Let's see. Go ahead. Rip the bandaid off. Tell me who your favorite tough mother, aside from yourself. Yes. <laughs> Uh, it's funny, you know, I watched the show, this movie when I was a kid and loved it, absolutely loved it, but it really was not until I rewatched it as an adult with, uh, with a kid of my own that I realized how magnificent Joe Beth Williams is in Poltergeist. Ah, uh, okay. Whew. Yes. Yes. I will 100% agree. And she looked fantastic in a t-shirt. I mean, oh my God. Oh. <laughs> You know, but she's, I mean, I love that character. She's so, you know, at the beginning, she's so thrilled. You know, she's so yes, thrilled. Put, that putting got, the chairs you know, up. Oh, yeah. Right. And, and, you know, she puts the little helmet on on uh, Heather O'Rourke and, you know, and, and, you know, and she's like, oh, come on. Remember when you were young and she's trying to get Craig T. Nelson to like loose it up. And then, oh, my God. And then when she can hear her daughter in jeopardy mm-hmm. and can do nothing, it's like the tears are so genuine, uh, yes. you know on her face and then of course she's the one she's going in she's going into that big mouth in the closet no matter what correct t nelson is just no just be be the anchor pull on this you know it was she's she's just so good in that movie yes i 100 agree when she was crying i felt that those tears this kind of sounds stupid but weren't necessarily coming from her eyes but like from her heart because It's one thing like when your child's sick and, you know, God forbid anything, but, but you, you know, all you can do is give them medicine or you can be there with them or whatever. And that's all you can do. And that scene in that part of the movie, she could not even do that. She couldn't touch her. There was no corporeal being for her to touch. And it just ripped your heart to shreds. Oh my God. It does just uh, us talking about it. Can you just imagine you can hear and the not, I mean, you don't just hear your, your baby in jeopardy you hear them calling for you and you can't do anything oh my god it just tears yeah. your heart out and she's just she carries it she really she's you know it's it's one of the reasons it's such a good film is because she is such a great emotional center for the film yes yes she is for the whole family unit she's the yeah. one that keeps it all together yeah. even when she takes the bath with all the what we now found out later are true skeletons um she's that, that's it she's getting right back into it that's she right. is going, you know, she is going to save her kid and she does. And when she gets that mouth, when she gets that option to save her kid, there's not, she's not even thinking about it. It's I'm nope. gone. It's go time and go. And Craig's just standing there like, uh, yeah. I'm the dad. What am I supposed to do? <laughs> no, she's got that maternal instinct. And you know, I've never had this conversation with anybody, but when she comes out the other side, holding her and they're yeah. both kind of in that fetal position and they're covered with that. Covered with it, you. Yeah. yeah. It just, for me, it was almost seeing it now as a rebirth. Yeah. And that they were covered in, in the, the female goo mm-hmm. again, you know, I just, it, it's it's an amazing amazing movie and i love the scene where she turns around and all the chairs are stacking and she's just ecstatic that's, yeah. that's such a great scene <laughs> oh well awesome that's a great pick thanks not as good as mine but still i don't <laughs> want you to feel bad <laughs> so m- this is one that i feel never truly gets the the, the you know the, the kids don't get they don't we don't see her as being a tough mother but when you watch this movie and you realize 
the situation that she's been put in and how she doesn't go screaming off down to the roads. She doesn't hide or whatever. She is there to protect her family and her house. I'm talking about Lynn Peltzer from the Gremlins. Oh, yeah. Okay. So when Billy's toy or whatever goes bad and then Stripe is born and Stripe has all of his little people, when she comes home for Christmas uh, for making, I think she was making cookies, as a matter of fact, because there's little cookies everywhere. And there's, there's like three of them in her kitchen, just tearing it up because she doesn't scream. She doesn't run off. She starts picking them off one by one. One of them is in like the mixer and she reaches over and turns it on and kills him. And then another one's eating, uh, eating cookies and starts throwing stuff at her. And she picks what she picks up a, 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 a tray and uses it as a shield. It ends up stabbing him. And not once or twice, she double taps for That's sure. Right. You know, she does. and then the third one, as we know, gets it in the microwave and you just, it makes me miss that. Deep, Ding! <laughs> and I did yeah, read. I think she. I think she has a higher kill count than anybody else does. She probably does. She, she kills at least. She kills those three for sure. Yeah. And Stripe almost gets her when he's holding out in the uh, in the Christmas tree. Which, by the way, is such a great scene when you're when you're going back and rewatching it, and all the lights go out, and all you see is the two red eyes looking at her. Yeah. You're like, oh yeah. man, that's that's awesome. Yeah. But I found out in the original script, she was supposed to die at that point. And when Billy comes in, Stripe was at the top of the stairs and throws her head down. Ooh. Yeah. I'm like, wow. wow, Merry Christmas. Yeah. you Because it's funny, you know, there's, there's argument of whether or not this is really a horror movie because it was sort of marketed for kids, you know, yeah. because in the eighties you could do that, but you couldn't, <laughs> if you rip a mom's head off and bowl it down the steps, uh, so you, so you can't market that as a kid. Uh, maybe in 81 or 82, but definitely not in 86. No, <laughs> <laughs> but I really don't feel even for myself that I ever thought about truly how much of a badass she was. Because so many times you just see them, uh, you know, and, I, and of course we're not seeing that as much anymore as well. We shouldn't because a lot of, a lot of women, a lot of men lose their heads, you know, and go off screaming into the night. So it's, it's really cool to have seen how she literally picked up the sword and shield and, yeah. and protected house and hearth. And uh, that's going to be my number one um, nice. played by Francis Lee McCain. Also who played the mom and something else, but. Lord help me, I just don't know what it was. There we go. She was one of those, though. I mean, you recognize that face. Oh, she yeah, probably, right she's away. probably on the love boat a lot in the 70s or something. <laughs> she's just somebody I know, I know that face. <laughs> Have you, you ever seen the love boat with Vincent Price? No. Oh my God. It's so awesome. I did a whole thing on Vincent Price a while back. Uh, and <laughs> he was also on F Troop as a vampire. <laughs> so awesome. <laughs> Troop had a vampire. I don't not really familiar with F Troop, but um in my head. George knows it. <laughs> I think it was like a, a Wild West. Um they were oh. in a, a a fort and he shows up. I want to say he's like an actor or something, but he's in character the whole time. Uh it was it was not not that great. Uh, <laughs> yeah, totally con you know, just just congenital whatever. Did you you remember the episode where he's on the Brady Bunch and he like kidnaps the Brady boys 
and ties them up and and because he thinks they're do yeah so okay well you have to watch it vincent price is awesome it, it and now of course you're you're not watching this you can't see it but he had they found this little tiki on the yeah. beach oh okay it's yeah. a great one but anyway at the end of the episode they find out that you know it wasn't really him uh or they weren't really stealing from him and he's like okay well i'll release you and cut you free and you know we'll just kind of forget about the uh kidnapping for the last two days <laughs> That's the seventies, folks. Oh yeah! <laughs> wow, this has been fantastic. I just, I, I'm still just giddy that I got you all to myself. I oh. it just, you know, well, me and the fifteen people who are listening. Uh, <laughs> shout out to Germany! Whoop whoop. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I would say, what do we want to do next? I know your calendar's full, and we have talked about something that we're going to do on your side yeah one uh, somewhere down the line once all of the the hoorah goes down but in the meantime i'm gonna get george on the show yeah he and i are gonna do a solo on the, one of the manliest man topics of all times Arr, flintstones but I wish you all the best hope. You are so awesome. If you're listening to this, you guys go out, go buy her movie, rent her movie. Is there going to be a physical copy of it coming out? Um, you know, actually, uh, yes. We just before recording today, uh, we were putting together notes for the um, commentary on the Blu-ray. So uh, which we will record tomorrow, the commentary for the Blu-ray. So we're getting Get the out. parts together. Yeah. Okay, well, put me down for one of the VHS copies. That's what I, <laughs> you know, they're doing that these days, but if you really want it to be out there, put it out on Betamax. <laughs> just, just say it. <laughs> How about November? Let's no, mark it down. You want to be on the November Fright Club? Yeah, I would love that. Okay, right. I'm so down. Eight. Uh, let's see. And look, because I have every week of the, the year laid out, I'm going to put it right here. I get to be a guest on the Fright Club. I'm gonna, I'm gonna wear clean pants that day. <laughs> so I want to thank you so much one thank last time you. for being on the show. It's just so much fun, and I'd like to thank all of you out there in the podcast universe for joining us for this mother of an episode of Faith Five from Fans. You can find us and more from the Plastic Microphone Studios wherever you catch a podcast. It'd be a massive help if you'd send me an envelope full of money or <laughs> you could just leave a review. Uh, you know, I mean, whichever is easier for you. Uh, if you like the show, consider telling a friend about it. If you don't like the show, maybe go down to the movie theater and watch for someone who's coming out that is like talking about a movie that you really hate, that they really like, and say, oh, if you love this, you probably like Faye Five. And then you can walk away with that like maniacal laugh. Like, maniacal laugh. <laughs> maniacal laugh. <laughs> maniacal laugh. Maniacal laugh. <laughs> okay, I'm not sure where I was going with that. <laughs> also, don't forget to look for our other show, Complete Disarray with Jamie Ray, where we take one topic and just ramble on and on and on and on and on and on about it. Uh, but, you know, in, in a good way, totally, totally good way. It's just another project from the Plastic Microphone Studios that nobody asked for. <laughs> keep your eyes out for a big announcement coming soon about a brand new show because no one demanded it. 
And remember, folks, it may not be the best. It may not be the most popular. But if it's your favorite, then it's good enough for us. Thank you for joining us. Hope, take us out. Well, thank you very much for having me, Jamie. And I'm excited that we got to do this solo one time so that I'm not being shown up by George and his glorious baritone. Eat it, George. Eat it. Ooh. Look, but also, little... I can't wait to hear you guys talk about Flintstones. I really can't. It's the Flintstones. The Flintstones. <laughs> Much love. See you soon. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you.